From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the Daybook Podcast and Movies with Mick LaSalle, and welcome Mick LaSalle. Thank you very much, Peter. It's good to be here. So, Lieber Hertz is here. Usually we say that at the end of the intro, but we have to start with a spoiler alert because she inadvertently sort of gives away the ending to The Good Liar. That's right. Well, she guesses the ending of The Good Liar, amazingly, based on nothing. She's not seen it. She's yeah. really good at this. So listen, if you hear any mention <laughs> of The Good Liar... Just cover your ears for about 20 seconds, and then what you'll hear after is our reaction to her guessing the ending, but you won't hear actually the ending. So and, she's good. And be impressed, because it's <sighs> like it's like playing a game of Clue, and then someone comes up with, like, Colonel Mustard, hit him with the candlestick, like, on the second turn. I can't believe it. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, I couldn't believe it. Because I, I watched the movie, and I had no idea what was going on. Until it happened, until the ending was on me, I said, oh, that's interesting. And Liba hasn't even seen the movie, and she knows it. That's incredible. Yeah. So um, if you sit next to Liba and she starts talking about the ending of the movie that you both haven't seen, she's probably right, so just cover your yeah. ears. It's a superpower. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's really, you should be writing these things, Liba. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about The Good Liar. Um, that's a very small part of this oh, yeah. podcast. Uh, Liba Hertz is here. Super fan Juzo Greenwood? Yes. Yes, is here in studio. Um yeah, he's he's he is a, a a young man who discovered the podcast. Uh, you know, years after we were doing it, he's listened to each podcast at least twice, and he is uncanny because he knows at least as much about movies as I do, and I'm not even kidding. I mean, he really is good. Excellent. Well, looking forward to that. You talk about the Irishman, the report. Uh, Joe Scarborough comes up. I don't know, out of nowhere. Um, and uh, yeah, very good episode. Datebook Podcast. Thanks for listening. Well, hello, everybody. This is Mick LaSalle, and welcome to another installment of Movies with Mick LaSalle. And I am here with my, well, actually, my former editor, I was going to say the great former editor, Lieber Hertz. Aw, thanks. Happy holidays, everybody. And we have with us uh, Juzo Greenwood, who is our only fan, who has actually <laughs> listened to every single podcast that we've ever done. Hi, Juzo. Probably a few times, and actually. Since, thanks for having me. And since when? Given how long ago it was. Well, long, the, long well we've mentioned ago. this before, 2005. <laughs> By the way, going back to... Other podcasts. Last time we had a podcast, Liba was congratulating me for correctly guessing that Brad Pitt was going to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor and not Best Actor, which is great, except I listened to the podcast where we mm-hmm. did the predictions. You predicted that, not me. Oh. And yeah, other, I, I had it wrong. And, but you know, we'll, and we'll get into this later. He may be screwed now on Supporting Actor. Yeah, because of Al Pacino. And, and Joe Pesci. Well, that would be good news for him if it's both Al Pacino and Joe Pesci because then he might slip right. in and win. That's right. and, and as a result, we are talking about... The Irishman. Okay, well, let, let's talk about The Irishman. Yeah. Did you see it? I, I saw it with you. You saw it with me. Oh, yeah, you saw it with me. Oh, it was amazing. It's an amazing movie. It was amazing, it's, yeah. Uh, can I just, it's three and a half hours long that feels like two hours. Yeah, it does. And, uh, well, yeah, so let's talk about this. What, let's just say what the movie's about. It's um, It's... 
concerns itself with one guy, a real guy named Frank Sharon, who was in the mafia, and it tells his story. He's an Irish guy in the mafia, which means you can't be a made guy. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be a made guy. So he's a hitman. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, if you're in the mafia, you can't be a made guy unless you're 100% Italian, and you can't become a Don unless you're 100% Sicilian. So I could be a made guy because I'm 100% Italian, but I'm only three quarters Sicilian, so I could not become a Don. With that in mind, I decided not to get into the mafia because, you know, if- And you also had that ancestry- It's a glass ceiling. You also had the Ancestry.com, which took you down to only 99% at one point. Well, no, no, actually at one point, at one point, because Ancestry just keeps on changing it, they said that I was 75% Italian and 18% Middle Eastern, but now, then it went back to 97% Italian and no Middle Eastern at all, and some other things. But now, it's saying I'm 85% Italian and like 10% Greek, 2% Middle Eastern, and oh, and 1% Swedish. So that was Swedish. <laughs> I'm Swedish. And, well, I, I was I'm as Swedish I was as Elizabeth Warren is. I was 99% European Jew with like 500 countries, but not the ones that my grandmother was born in. Yeah. And 1% Spanish, and the latest, I'm 100% European Jew, and they got rid of the whole Spanish thing, which I know I'm half Spanish and, and partial Spanish and partial Portuguese, but now I'm just European Jew. Well, <laughs> see, and this is why people listen to the podcast, is to find out stuff like this. <laughs> but anyway, so let's get back to the Irishman. So it's a story about this guy, and it's it's his career in the mafia from around 1950s up to uh, 19, late 70s, maybe 80s. But unless the guy, you know, the guy could have been lying. I mean, he was a hitman, so maybe he was also a liar. He seemed, because this is based on his um, story as told to another, told to a writer, it seemed that he was there or involved in or knew about every single important thing that happened with the mob over the course of that time. So really, even though it's the story of this guy, it's actually the story of the mob in the United States from the 50s through the 70s, which means that it's the story of the mob, Kennedy getting elected, you know, Giancana, uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Kennedy getting assassinated. Kennedy getting assassinated. Bay of Pigs, that place. Bay of Pigs. Yeah, Bay of Pigs, all the mafia guys are doing that stuff. That was a great scene. Everything's a great scene. Yes, so it's, 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 it, it, yeah, I know. I wonder. You know, I wonder. He was about a him. union man too. I wonder about American history. That you think about this. Now, you know, it starts off as rumors that Nixon actually got elected in 1960, not Kennedy, and that the mafia was also involved in putting over Kennedy, and it just starts off as rumors. It's almost to the point where it's now accepted history, and nobody cares. You know what I mean? Nobody says, "Oh, but therefore Kennedy was a bad guy." I just wonder if in the future everybody will say. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, yeah, so the 2016 election was stolen. And, yeah, everybody knows the, the Russians were involved and actually – and even worse stuff than we know now or think we know now. And it'll just be like, oh, what a beloved rogue Trump was. Because I know I knew Kennedy – is like a beloved rogue mm-hmm. now. So, so uh, you know, actually, um, it's, what happened with Kennedy is, is the state of Illinois, which was the determining state, and P- Papa Joe paid off the, apparently the mafia to you know fix the election for him. But what's interesting is I talked to somebody. I won't say the person's name. I'll tell you later. Yeah. But he was saying that Nixon wanted a recount of the state of Illinois, and they said, 
Are you out of your mind? It's the most corrupt state in the United States. There's no way you're going to win And also he would have needed the recount of, of Texas as well in order to win. Anyway, this is a Martin Scorsese film, I should say. I think it might be his best movie. If it's not his best movie, it's tied for the best movie. It's really? It's really, yeah. it's really tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it's up there with Raging Bull. I mean, it's, and I, yeah. But then it's the best movie of all time. It's up there. You know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, look, I've had, th- I've had 39 years to think about Raging Bull. And I've had like about three weeks to think of The Irishman. It's quite possible in a year from now, not just me, but everybody will say, nah, it has to be Raging Bull. But I'm saying it's up there. You can make an argument. So, And it's a um, very weird thing he decided to do. He decided that, that rather than have like get somebody age appropriate like Alec Baldwin or somebody. Um, or get an Irishman like, like uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> right. Yeah, he instead got... Uh, you know, a 75-year-old guy to play a guy who starts off maybe in his 40s. He got um, Joe Pesci to play a guy who starts off, I guess, in his late 50s. Joe Pesci is 78. He got Al Pacino, who's 79, to play a guy between the ages of 50 and 60. And then he just used de-aging techniques. I mean, this could be the beginning. I'd like, you know, I mean, would he have made a, a movie with Greta Garbo, you know, in a love, you know, love, love story with Greta Garbo in 1970 when she was 65? He could have done it. You know, if this technology was around, although I guess it would, it would be a weird combination having Garba directed but, by Martin Scorsese. But I'm just saying this technology opens up a lot of possibilities for older actors. It's really But you know what's weird. interesting is I've seen this technology before and you just look at it and you just know it's it's the technology. Like uh, Samuel Jackson in, that Mar- in Captain America. Yeah, that was, that was, it was very warm. Yeah, kind of this one, if, 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 he told me this. I didn't even think about that till this moment. Really? Yeah, I didn't even think about the Pesci, fact that... Pesci, I think, looks a little weird in the first scene. It looks yeah. a little bit like... But that was it. That's the only thing I noticed. And, um, well, Pesci's character is a weird little dude. Yeah, so let's talk about the performances. Okay, okay. so De Niro's great, and of course he has he has the big scene. Where I'm not going to say what the circumstances are, because there may be some people who don't know uh, about Jimmy Hoffa. Um, oh, yeah, i got to say this. I love about this movie. It absolutely cracks me up. You have the situation in the movie, the main situation in the movie is you have Robert De Niro, uh, who is the kind of mafia liaison to the Teamsters Union, which is run by Jimmy Hoffa, who is played by Al Pacino, right? So you have scene after scene where they go to De Niro. The mob goes to De Niro and says, look, you got to talk to Hoffa. you got to tell him to stop doing what he's doing. And I'm watching this and I'm saying, Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be a very quick conversation, right? You're going to go to him. You're going to say, hey, look, the mob, you know, fat Tony Salerno wants you to do something. And the, obviously the answer is, okay, that's it. That's all you say. That's it. There's nothing to say. But instead, it's scene after scene. And each time you think he's going to say, oh, okay, yeah, finally. But he goes, and it's scene after scene. It's the same scene. De Niro goes up to Pacino. He says, you know, you know, you got to, I'm telling you, <laughs> you got it. You got to do this. They, they, they're getting mad. They're getting mad. And then finally, the thing he says, he says to him, this one thing he says is, it's like the really bad thing. You know, the thing that the, the big warning, which I never even heard. He says, they're, they're saying, they're saying, it's what it is. They're saying, yeah, they're saying it's what it is. And to which Pacino says, it's what it is. <laughs> he starts going crazy, but it's what it is. We never even heard of what it's what it is. We don't even know what that means, and we know what it means. They're saying, if you keep on doing this, you're going to get killed. And Pacino just gets mad. You can't talk to this guy. Pacino absolutely, I mean, hands down to me, 
it it's just the best performance of the year. I, I think he's amazing. I, I go up against. Well, we talked about Brad Pitt briefly, but I go with Pesci on this one. And and by yeah. the way, Pacino doesn't even show up until like the first like until like thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the supporting. Yeah, yeah. supporting. But but Pesci, I've never seen Pesci so so subdued in the role and pulling it off. I, I mean. It took me, you know, if, if it was just an incredible form. Pacino was Pacino. Okay, let's let's like let Juzo break the tie. So uh, the uh, oh, of who, who if I would... supporting actor is Pacino versus versus Pesci. Who do you vote for? Oh, definitely Pacino. Pacino yeah. is the one who like blew me away. But they're both amazing. I think both should be nominated. They both, definitely. yeah, and I know. And I kind of feel bad because yeah. I actually, you know. We all know how I feel about Brad Pitt, but I really felt that this was his performance. Yeah, yeah well. you're not a fan of him generally. No, but as not I said, gen- I, generally, now I'm getting to like him. He does play him, yeah. Tarantino extremely. He does Tarantino really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was. That it's was the great. second movie I've liked him in, and both of them are right, directed. I mean, by I think Tarantino. he's going to win. I, Pitt's going to win because oh, he's. He might. He might. I think because it's, the, I think the vote it could, splitting, and also he's he's so liked and popular, and he's never won. Yeah, I know. There's another long shot for for supporting actors, Tracy Letts. Tracy Lett. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. That's true. Um, and and Josh Lucas will never get nominated, but was great in that movie. Just one more thing about mm. the performances in this movie, and then we'll just we'll have to go. But um, the the even the people in small roles roles are amazing in yeah. this thing. Um, uh, you know, Anna Paquin makes a big impression mm. in this movie. I think she has about eight lines. I mean, and um, Jesse Plemons. Uh, who's that? He plays the uh, son. Of, of Hoffa. Okay. He maybe says like two he's, lines. He's oh, the guy driving the car. He's driving who the car. got the fish. Yeah. He doesn't know what kind of fish it is. That's right. <laughs> and then <laughs> the also Marin <laughs> Ireland. Marin Ireland is a terrific Broadway actress. Has that one scene as the other daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, grown yeah. up. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. I don't know why she's amazing. Yeah. But she has like five or six lines. That's it. But she absolutely nails it. It's it's Ray Romano is really funny. Oh, Ray Romano. And he's good. He's yeah. good. I mean, it's anyway. Um, and the, the, thing, the other thing I liked, because yeah. it was a very personal experience for me, is how they were driving along I-80 and to, 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 to Michigan. And it's like, I used to do that all the time. Oh, you got to go I-80 to Michigan. <laughs> matter of fact, I had, I had a minute in the movie where I, I – it used to be in the late 60s. They hadn't finished a portion of I-80. Yeah. And they, we used to call it the, uh, the Delaware Gap Bog. And it was like a two-minute two, two like, trip that took like an hour to get through. And one day we're coming home and we go – they finished it. Yeah. But then I realized that the year that this happened was after that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to say something, Jesus? Oh, I just was going to say that the, I think the Paquin thing is something that seems to be kind of controversial in a lot of uh, circles, maybe more on the internet, yeah. about the lack of lines in the movie. But to me, that her silence in the movie is so much more devastating yeah, than absolutely. if she yeah. had had some yeah. big scene where she, you know, Told condemns him. him. Yeah, yeah, that would be so typical. No, no, it was, just, it was such a moral rebuke yeah. as it is. Finally, one last thing I want to say about this other than go see it. It's one of the best movies of the year, maybe the best movie of the year. The last thing I want to say about it is that he makes a virtue of the technology because the thing is, we're watching Pacino, we're watching De Niro, we're watching Pesci. We know they're old guys. We're watching them as young guys technologically change. And it becomes the, the elegiac, elegiac, whatever it is, nature. Elegiac? Uh, elegiac, it know. could be. The, um, Please write us and tell us. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what is it? the valedictory tone <laughs> of the movie uh, is actually enhanced by the guys in the movie being old. Because it really feels like this is—they're never going to make another movie like this. I mean, this is this is impossible. Yeah. This is this is a once in a lifetime thing and a last of a lifetime thing, and it's fantastic. What a way to go out! 
It's not the last thing they'll ever do, but it's the last things they'll do together like this. Yeah. And it is fantastic. It's epic. It's it is. Yeah, it epic. is absolutely epic. It's epic. So, um, what else do we got, Lieber? You want to do uh, Ford v. Ferrari? Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Well, it's a James Mangold movie about um, the competition between Ford and Ferrari. Uh, they Ford wants to buy Ferrari, but they can't buy Ferrari, so they decide to beat Ferrari at their own game. And the head of Ford, Henry Ford II, who's played by Tracy Letts, who's very good, uh, decides to bring in Carol Shelby, who's an auto designer. And Shelby brings in Ken Miles. Shelby is played by uh, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon. And Christian Bale plays Ken Miles, who is a mechanic, but also a, a, a great driver. Wonderful, wonderful, maybe best actor performance, actually, from Christian Bale. And a very nice supporting performance, actually. Probably a nomination. And He's going Best Actor. They're both going Best Actor. And oh. it was actually, it was supposed to be the How opposite. Stupid. It was supposed uh, to be Damon Actor and Bale supporting. And Bale apparently said, no, I'm Best Actor. And rather than demoting Damon, they did the... They oh, did that means they're both not going to be nominated. Because yeah. well, Best Actor is a loaded category. It's very loaded. Well, so he, Supporting Actor. Yeah. I, well, if he was going... I, I guess he doesn't care because he wouldn't have won Supporting Actor again. Because it was gonna, mm -hmm. it's going to go to Pacino. Or so, Pesci. yeah, or maybe Tracy or, Letts. No, no. If it's, it's going to be somebody younger, you know, mm -hmm. younger like fifty, it's going to it's going to be uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it it's the movie is not really though about the struggle between Ford and Ferrari. The it's, the movie is about the struggle between the the creative people now, Carol Shelby and Ken Miles, versus the corporate suits that they have to deal with mm -hmm. in. Um, at Ford in order to just pursue a vision, which actually is what Ford wants. And it, it, it basically is the story of art versus commerce, and it's the story of a, the artistic, um, artistic imagination versus very pedestrian kind of people who are sort of jealous of it and want to make people feel bad if they have the artistic imagination because they'll never know what it's like to, to have that kind of freedom. And... In addition, some of the best racing footage you're ever going to see. It's a two-hour and 25-minute movie. It is the most, um, I think, the, the quickest two and a half hours you can see. Um, and uh, just a thorough, th thorough delight. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We had, you know, last year was a great year for movies. But if you look at the top tens, it was a great year for movies because there were so many very good movies. This year, we have... Ford versus Ferrari, Irishman, and Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Pain Which, and Glory too. Pain and Glory uh, too. I haven't seen the. They're great movies that would be in the top five for sure uh, of 2018, mm -hmm. as as competitive as last year was. I don't know if this is going to turn into a great year for movies, but it might turn into a great year for great movies. You know. Yeah. You know, it's I also want to give a shout out in Ford v Ferrari to Josh Lucas, who plays great. I, I've I've been watching great. this actor for years on television. I've always liked him, and he's so versatile. And I, I that's a shame that nobody knows who he is, in in the vein of 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 these big names that are coming out. But yeah. uh, I really liked him. I also liked uh, Jay, um, uh, the guy who played Iacocca. Uh, Jay, oh Jay, oh he was good Jay too. Jay Berenthal. Yep, he was good too. He was good. Everybody's good in that movie, and and also Katrina. Balfour, who people would know from Outlander as uh, Ken Miles' wife, was very good. Yeah, she was good. Um, so, Lee, what else do we have? We've uh, got a World War II movie, but not my arena. 
yeah. with Midway because my arena is the European. You so. like the European more, yeah. Um, well, this this is the story about one of those uh, incredibly decisive battles where it was just a you know small group group of people, kind of like. I mean, it happened at Gettysburg, too. There was a small band of people who had to hold off the Confederates. I mean, it's sometimes like the whole ball game is what happens, like what 200 people do. It's a really rotten position to be in. But these guys were, and it's about the Battle of Midway, uh, and this is a Roland Emmerich movie. Oh! Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and about the decisive World War II battle. It, I, I like Roland Emmerich movies. He, it's not exactly what you'd call highbrow. <laughs> and and I think that the 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 situation, the the battle, the, the the specific circumstances of the battle, basically the Japanese, if they win this battle and they outnumber the United States by a lot uh, in terms of uh, aircraft carriers, they will have a free shot, can start bombing Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. It could be it could get really ugly. Definitely get a foothold. In Hawaii, um, so this is the decisive battle. But fortunately, the United States had superior um, code cracking abilities, and they knew where they were, where they thought they knew they were right where the Japanese were going to be, and so they kind of lured them into a trap. But even so, it was it was close. It wasn't it wasn't uh, an easy battle, and because of that, the movie is fun and interesting, and and has a lot of you know feeling of importance about it in the beginning. However, when you watch this movie, there's not a single second where you believe you're looking at 1942. I don't know why. It's, it's just, just rolling hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's not like, it's, it, just, it, just, it, just, it just doesn't look like, there's something off. I don't even know what it is. Consciousness, clothes, haircuts, I don't know what. I can't analyze Truth. it. Yeah, you just look and you say, no. Um, and the movie gets bogged down in the battle scenes. Uh. And such to the extent, it's such on such a micro level that you don't know what the macro is. So you don't know really, you know, there's no scene there with Henry Fonda saying, you know, we got to, we got to, if we do this, then we'll win, you know. And, and then you no, see people no, doing there's it. There's no cigar smoking with like Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. No, none of that stuff. Yeah. What movie was that? That was Independence Day. Oh, Independence Day. <laughs> anyway, it's, 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 uh, I have to say though, the, the footage, the, uh, the battle footage of being in an airplane and getting shot at. Uh, diving, you know, taking a plane and diving towards an aircraft carrier to drop bombs. And then it, the, he shows it from both ends of like being on the ship, looking up as this plane's heading towards you. And also he shows it as like being in the plane, going into anti-aircraft fire. Both look equally terrifying. And that's kind of good because I've never been on a, I've, I've never flown a plane into a ship. and <laughs> don't and, really want yeah, to. Yeah, I don't want to, but now I feel like I've had the best of the experience without having to mm-hmm. actually go through the training. It's a pretty good movie. I, I wouldn't bother seeing it, though, you know. I'll wait so, for television. Yeah, wait for television. Well, yeah, you can wait forever. I mean, really. I'd say Roland Emmerich. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what other movie? No, I can't even, I, that was, I, can't, I can't do it. I used to, I used to be able to uh, Oops. do a really good Ian McKellen It says Folders. <laughs> the movie's called Folders. Folders. No, no, not Folders. Uh, good Liar. Good, oh, Good Liar. <laughs> good Liar. Good Liar, good yes. Liar. Yes. Um, yeah, they, I used to, yeah, there was, I saw, I saw, uh, there's this wonderful uh, version of Macbeth with uh, Ian McKellen as Macbeth. This is like about 40 years ago, so he's like 40 mm-hmm. years old. And, um, 
Mrs. Macbeth is played by Judy Dench. <laughs> and uh, there's that wonderful scene in Macbeth where they're having a dinner party and then Banquo's ghost shows up and nobody else can see Banquo's ghost but Macbeth and he starts cracking up and screaming and doing <laughs> and everybody's and then she says to him in one of the wonderful, wonderful um, understatements in Shakespeare, she says, You have displaced the mirth. You have displaced the mirth. Just kind of put it somewhere else. And uh, then he comes down and he says, I am a man of God. <laughs> so, That's very anyway. good. It's a very good Ian McKellen Not bad. Not Not bad. I am Not a man of God. Okay. Anyway, um, kind of a delight to see uh, uh, Ian McKellen with Helen Mirren. It's, uh, it's about a, a guy who, it, well, it's two people uh. on a kind of a, they put an ad in, you know, like online dating kind of thing, and they meet. And actually, he's there to take her money. And <laughs> he's a crook. He's yeah. a swindler. Did, you haven't seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie, but I can guess what's happening. Uh, what, what, really? She's what? the swindler. Where do you get this? <laughs> it was it's so evident. How Sorry, can it I not be? The movie. <laughs> You're really good. Of course, she's the swindler. What the heck? It's sort of like the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the same concept. Wow. <laughs> How do you do this? I just, it's so evident. You've done this before. <laughs> did you predict the sled and rosebud like when you were nine or something? Yeah, like I did. The sled and rosebud. I wow. I told them that. You tell me it's a sled. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I did get Munich wrong. I did get, I did get, I did get Munich totally wrong. Well, though. she's uh. not the swindler, actually. <laughs> yeah, but she's, she's. Oh, yeah. You thought Munich was going to end with him raising the flag or something yeah, like and, that. And, yeah. and it's a miserable the, the ending. Yeah. That ending's tremendous. Okay, let me just say. Liba is not entirely right, so so go see the movie. <laughs> I, I got to interrupt here, producer Peter Hartlob. Um, normally, this is where we got to cop to the fact that we record the intro after, and we will put in a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, because not. of you, Liba, all right? I just guessed it. I didn't even uh, see the movie. Okay, I was, we're, we're I was in my, and I had to say alert. my spoiler alert on Iron Man yeah. was well, highly exaggerated. Oh, wow. Great great job, Liba. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, okay, so it's not exact, but, but even if you didn't cover your ears, it's not exactly what Liba said. But anyway, so he's out to swindle her, and it's about that. But what's interesting about how people will react to the movie, and, and I called it, and I'm seeing it now in some of the reviews, people who, the end, the whole last act of the movie is kind of crazy. <laughs> and people who care about movies being plausible might find might find something to object and I was delighted because to me I I just like generosity of story mm -hmm. it's like if a bunch of different crazy things are happening I do like it so I think it's a good movie and of course it, it's a delight to see them I must say that, that Helen Mirren looks absolutely stunning in this mm. movie. She really looks quite lovely. You, you talk about plausibility. There's certain things that you know people get angry about. And I think the one that sticks out in my mind is in, in Indiana Jones, the fourth episode, when Harrison Ford goes into a refrigerator <laughs> during a nuclear blast. Right, that's people great. found that it was the most <laughs> hilarious thing I've ever seen yeah, in the movie. It's wonderful. And 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 Ben Crazy when they interviewed Spielberg because he was like under fire for that scene. Yeah. And he and I said I love that scene. He goes, it's a movie. Yeah. It's, it's a, a movie. movie. Yeah. It's a movie. <laughs> it, it became exactly. the new jumping the shark. Like yeah. people say, nuking the fridge is oh. like a, when a franchise <laughs> like loses it. Okay, like, I am now flipping my hair because I'm not Farrah Fawcett. I'm not Jacqueline Smith. I'm not Cheryl Ladd, and I'm not Kate Jackson. But I 
I am flipping my hair for the next movie. So which get is, the vision. Which is Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Okay. Charlie's Angels. This this holds a kind of a dear place in the heart of of uh, men of a certain age because when we were teenagers, just like in other generations, you had you know just like you had to choose between three years of French or Spanish or something like that, we had to choose which Charlie's Angel we liked. <laughs> and and everybody knew that they had to choose. Well, I had a sort of crisis because when the first season happened, it was so obvious to me, Kate Jackson, Kate. obviously. And I had a poster <laughs> of Kate Jackson on my wall. And I had no interest in Jacqueline Smith. My Uncle Vic liked Jacqueline Smith. He said, She's sultry. I don't know what sultry means. Anyway, but um, I never forgot that. I don't know what that means. Anyway, um, uh, and I had no interest in Farrah Fawcett. Uh, but I, I really liked Kate Jackson. Of course, she was the smartest one well, and all exactly. that. Exactly. And I had her picture in my room. And then the second season started. And Cheryl Ladd replaced Farrah Fawcett. And I pretended for a while. But I, had, I, I switched. I had a switch. <gasps> I switched. I switched to uh, to Cheryl Ladd, and I and I stuck with it. I had a flirtation there with who was the the brunette with bl- oh, with the blue eyes. She was in the la- she was in the last was incarnation. Was that Taron Powers? That was no. Tyron Powers' daughter or granddaughter? It's something. It, you're saying something that sounds like her name. I know what you mean. <laughs> it was like, a real blind spot in no, my I film. Think it was Ty- <laughs> I think it was Tyron Powers' granddaughter or daughter or something. Oh, I, I, I'm picturing she was in. Uh, she she was in the um, oh, Tawny, that, Tawny, Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. There was also a Tawny. No, is that right? Tanya Roberts. No, it's, it was Tawny Roberts or Tanya. No, no I don't know. We have to look it up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I switched to Cheryl Land and I stuck with it. This new crew: Ella Belinska, uh, Naomi Scott, and Kristen Stewart is is the best lineup. Since the 1977 lineup of Cheryl Ladd, I like uh, Jacqueline Smith. I like the Drew Barrymore, Lucy. Oh, Luke. I hated those. <laughs> <laughs> those were so stupid. Uh, but anyway, uh, I like the lineup. The movie is not that good. It concentrates too much on action. The first hour is a snore, and it's a snore through chase scenes and action scenes. Because a lot of times with a chase scene, you know, if you know nobody can get caught and nobody can get hurt. Then a chase scene has no meaning. It's 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 actually the opposite of action. It's commotion, but there's no nothing active in terms of story that can happen. Uh, but then the movie gets better, and because it gets better, even though I gave it a little man interested, for Rotten Tomatoes, I thought it should be clapping. I mean, it should be a, a fresh tomato. You know, I mean, a little green around the gills, but look, getting a little ripe, but still fresh. So, so I kind of liked it. I I I liked it. I thought it was okay. That's it. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Well, if I said that about everything, yeah. yeah then, no, but this, then, is, that, this case, you know, you have to like take what some of these are. Uh, do you want to? Uh, we have the report, don't we? Oh, the, yeah, the report. report. Okay, uh, Liba has an opinion about the report, and I have an opinion about the report. I'm going to give you my opinion first. I think now the report. Okay, I'll tell you what the report is about. The report is about a report that was done uh, by the by a guy working for the Senate Intelligence Committee under uh, Chairman Dianne Feinstein. Feinstein? Feinstein, Feinstein. Anyway. Bernstein, Bernstein. Yeah. Uh, and that guy's Frankenstein, played... Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's played by Adam Driver, and he comes up with this report about the use of torture d- 
during the Bush administration by the CIA. And I mean, some bad stuff, like they kill somebody. Uh, I mean, it's serious. And it comes, and then the question is, is this report going to get out? It's, it, it's made by the Obama administration. But, you know, there are people, in the, 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 um, the, the, you know, the kind of uh, architecture of the spy agencies and the, the personnel kind of stays the same or there's some changes, but the culture stays the same. And so they don't, they don't want, the CIA does not want this report out and eventually it comes out. It's a good movie, well made, well acted. But I'm watching this thing and I'm saying, that's it? I mean, I know 10 years ago I would have said, wow, this is an outrage. But basically, we're watching people in the CIA who were on our side and did misguided things that resulted in bad things happening to other people. What's going on right now with the impeachment trials is that there are alleged things that were allegedly done uh, that was actually actively against the America, America's interests by people in power. So that not are they misguidedly working for us, they are actually actively working against us, and that is what is under investigation, if true. If you look at the difference between the two, it's so huge that if, like, I, would, I could watch Lawrence O'Donnell and see something much more intense than what I'm seeing, you know, or, or Chris Cuomo or something, that I'm seeing in this movie, why watch this movie? To me, it seems like I watch I watch this stuff, and it it's supposed to be like the worst time. It looks like the good old days. It mm. looks like the good old days to me. It's like, oh wow, we had an overzealous agency misguidedly working on our behalf, rather than a, a political hierarchy uh, working actually against America's interests. That's but which to is me, much that, scarier. To me, that actually sets up what is happening today. First of all, second of all, what's more important to me was the attempt of the cover up which is always the issue on this. Um, I, I found it a really excellent movie. I was actually, I knew the ending and I was on suspense. You know, no, oh no, I know what the ending is. Um, you know, because you just don't know what's going to happen in some of these things. You just, just don't know the result. And I just I just found it very intriguing. I thought Annette Bening was great as Diane Feinstein. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Um, I thought Adam Driver, who I'm not an Adam Driver fanatic, but I thought he was really good in this movie. He was good, yeah. He was really terrific. And I just thought it was, a, as I said, a really well-made. I came out of that movie kind of like, this is a good movie and people should see this movie. Because well, it, does, it does stand for what's going to happen. So. Well, yeah. But yeah, to me, it just looked like, oh. uh, you know, it looks like, you know, George Bush is Abraham Lincoln now. You know? well, Can I ask yeah. just one thing? Did yeah. you feel the same way when, like, you watched Official Secrets this no. year? That was no. a different thing. Because yeah, to me, it was also a low-key movie about government corruption. But it was, yeah, it was, yeah, was I know. it a better movie? I mean. No, because they would, cause, because she, yeah, they were trying to stop a war which was way against our interests, you know. Mm. And, yeah, I know for some reason... Yeah. And you also have the post. Mo- yeah, it was also more directly against her, too, as opposed to he's just investigating it. That's right. She was yeah. being yeah, she attacked. Was, yeah. She was being attacked. That's right. Yeah, so it was more mm. dramatic. This uh, is the one I couldn't guess the ending, so you'll have to tell me after the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's Last Christmas. Oh, you couldn't guess the ending? I, I wasn't You're joking. Sure. Somebody, somebody dies. Someone predicted it from the trailer. I mean, I predicted and, and, it from the trailer. And they too, spoiled it in the sure. trailer comments. I w- went into the movie knowing okay. it. So I, 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 I kind of feel that she dies. Uh, no. no. He dies. No. 
So I, then they get together and live happily ever after. No. Somebody dies. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I got that one in another movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just I don't know if I would have figured it out though because it seemed like it was pretty obvious. I figured okay. it well, I out. It, I got it in another movie. I figured it out like about forty-five minutes in, okay. and like, yeah. Uh, anyway, look, I, th- this is Last Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. It's written by Emma Thompson and somebody else. It stars what's her name? Who's it star? That Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. And Amelia Clark is thoroughly charming in, in this movie, and she's the reason to see it. However, when I wrote the review, I felt like I wanted to give her some friendly advice, <laughs> and that is that she has to leave her forehead alone because on TV, her forehead is only a few inches long, but on, on screen, her forehead is 30 feet wide, and she doesn't stop crinkling her forehead doing insane things to her eyebrows. She makes them stand up. When I was on TV, when I used to be on on TV uh, back in... I'm as insufferable talking about I used to be on TV. I'm like Joe Scarborough talking about when he was in Congress. It's like like everything begins with when I was on TV. But when I was on TV, uh, which, by the way, I started TV the exact month that Joe Scarborough was elected to Congress. So there's a, there's a pattern here. Um, I was letting the stress of being on TV show up in my forehead while I was on camera. And my wife said, your, your forehead, you're doing the forehead thing. Don't do that. Just relax. And it's actually easy to do. Just, just, just don't, you just don't involve your head. She has to do it too, because otherwise it's going to be like Clooney with the head bobbing up and down, you know, like, uh, what Steven Soderbergh said about Clooney, he said, if this guy could stop bobbing his head, he's going to be a big star. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, he did stop. She is utterly charming and delightful. And, you know, just I just thought she was great. I, I loved her on screen, but the, the, I kept on looking at her forehead. <laughs> and I, I should have been looking at her eyes instead of her eyebrows. Uh, but aside from that, not that good a movie except for her. So, you know, th- there are movies that are, that are star vehicles. By the way, the soundtrack of the movie is Last Christmas by Wham. Uh, that that song on the ad driving me crazy. Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. The very next day, you threw it away. You know, Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. You know, uh, George Michael di- died of heart trouble on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Makes you think, huh? <laughs> Twilight Zone. Um, do we have everything, Libra? Have we covered absolutely everything? I'm not everything? sure. Let's see. We talked about Ford versus Ferrari. talked about Irishman. talked about Good Liar, Midway, Last Christmas, The Report, Charlie's Angels. Oh, next week. We didn't talk about next week. Oh. Yeah, do we have time? Yeah, we got a little time. Okay. I got it, yeah. Um, yeah, but, well, you just saw one of them. Mr. Rogers. Yeah, what is that called? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, beautiful. That's my favorite line of, of the year. What's that? Turn book. Turn book? Or the piano. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this Turn is... Book. I can't wait to line. see this. I'm it's really a good kidding. movie, and it's, it's... Not what you expect. Not what you expect. And I think they did the right thing. Problem about making a movie about Fred Rogers is the guy's like a saint. So what are you going to do? Make a movie about him struggling with being a saint? You're going to see him. You're gonna, is it going to be about his early days? Is it going to be about him getting sick and dying? Is it going to be his 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 um, 
his crusade in favor of LBGTQ rights. You know, did he do that? Yeah, yeah, he was very big really? on that. He's oh, really good that. about that. Well, anyway, it's not about any of those things. It starts off where it's Tom Hanks mm-hmm. coming in, saying it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and then it goes into a story about a complete other character, and it's it's this this journalist who eventually actually very quite soon gets assigned to interview Mr. Rogers. And this this guy is kind of a tormented guy with a horrible childhood and he's about forty years old and he meet, meets Mr. Rogers and this whole this whole thing, the gimmick of this guy and he he's he's basically succumbed to the journalist disease, which is to be a big cynic and not like anybody, which is a bad reflex that some reporters uh, develop, I guess, as a kind of protective instinct. And so he is skeptical of Mr. Rogers, but he's also very interested in him. And the movie is about this guy's story and how Mr. Rogers affects him. The real star of the movie is the other guy. It's not Mr. Rogers, but Mr. Rogers is who you like look forward to seeing. And by the way, Tom Hanks is going up for supporting actor, which should have been a should have been a clue. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. supporting. Well, oh, he way, should. Turn That's page, only fair. Not turn book. Turn page. That's right. Turn, turn page. page. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, he t- Hanks is is wonderful. And yesterday, when I got home from the movie, I looked at the. I read the whole ten thousand word article. Oh my gosh! That yeah. Oh, you just. That's a spoiler, though. Well, no, not really. Yeah, it, it is. What's a spoiler? Did he write because an article? Because he's supposed to write 400 words. That's only a, a spoiler if you're in journalism. Yeah. Nobody cares about the difference between 400 words and 10,000 words. he didn't words. do what he was supposed to do. But nobody cares about that. Nobody. That's not the spoiler. <laughs> no, the spoiler is... No. That, that's <laughs> anyway, um, the, the, I read the whole article. The article is nothing to do with the movie story. The 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 story of the guy story you know, there's a lot of stuff about a father, about a new child, a baby, all, none of that is it, it's all made up. And in oh. fact the guy who wrote the article, his name is Tom Juno or Junode or something. Uh I guess it's Juno probably. Anyway, he uh it, it's not his name. It, it's Ken Vogel or something like yeah, that. Or something movie. Vogel. Lloyd Vogel. Lloyd Vogel. Ken Vogel's a reporter for somebody. <laughs> uh who's on yeah football player, I think. Uh, you know, I think he's he's a New York Times guy. But anyway, uh, uh, it's nothing like it. However, everything that that is in the article that that uh, Mr. Rogers says, that's like really a great line. They fit it into the movie. So Mr. Rogers is the same, but he's in a fictional context, and so it really does feel like a movie about Mr. Rogers-ness in the universe and what Mr. Rogers did for people. Even though it's you know technically about somebody else. Anyway, I thought it was a really good movie. What would you give it, Lee? But if I'm you were going to give I'm, it clapping, I, I'm not sure if I'd go higher than clapping. It's close. It's close, but it it it's it's it's. Well, I did fall asleep in the middle of it, but I was just clapping, really tired. Mm. Clapping, <laughs> clapping, clapping. Then. So you wouldn't put it as high as her last movie, the uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me with. The last movie she did, I thought, was so great. That was Ken. She, that, oh, and then before that, yeah. she made the movie Diary with a teenage, teenage Girl. I didn't like Teenage Girl, but I did love Ken. You're uh, she she made was great. Yeah. The, she made this movie a year after the other one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really that's yeah. wow. She's yeah. she's cranking. She's, yeah, yeah. I, I think I like Can You Ever Forgive Me better. Yeah, I like Can You Ever Forgive Me better too. Yeah, but this is good. And I mean, you have some really great performances again. You've got. Um, 
Whoever played the wife, whose name she's very nice. She was really good. Oh, but, Susan Kalechi. Yeah, Watson. she was on Louis. She was amazing in okay, Louis. Okay, and, yeah. and then um, Chris Cooper, who's just always Chris Cooper is really good. And uh, even the smaller part, Christine Lally in that teeny role. That 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 Christine kind of Lally. that upset me that her role was that small because uh, she's a great actress. Yeah, that's right. She made she made it last. Uh, made it made it count. Uh, I love the way they predict they. Uh, they present uh, journalism and mm. movies. I've never written for a magazine, what, but, you know but it's sort of like bring in your first draft. I was trying to catch. <laughs> there's, no, the, there's no other draft. There was also <laughs> something wrong with their New Jersey, going to New Jersey. It was something that, that I found kind of wrong. Yeah. And there's also a taxi cab story, which I was totally like, no, that would never happen, where, where she couldn't get a taxi at midnight. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, yes, you can in Manhattan. Because uh, believe me, I had to do it at two a.m. Oh, in the true. morning. Of I had to do can. it at two a.m. in the morning. Yes. They're, they're coming yeah. down First Avenue like a, a you know sea of yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if no. you can't get a taxi at midnight, you're standing in the wrong place. Yeah. And then um, I haven't reviewed it yet, mm. but I'll get to Frozen. I just just mm. uh, you reviewed Frozen? <laughs> no, I didn't know. I, I reviewed. I know. I reviewed. I reviewed Frozen too. Wow. I know Peter should have done it. <laughs> He'd have done a better job. But you reviewed like a bunch of animated movies this year that you haven't seen the originals to, like the yeah. dragon movie. Yeah, and I like the dragon yeah. movie. Yeah. I like Frozen 2. You two. like Toy Story 4, but you've seen the Toy Story movies. I I like you. But you haven't I, seen the first two. I haven't seen the which first are two. The oh. great ones. The third is a masterpiece, though, isn't it? There's a masterpiece. I th- well, I, I think the first two are better. First, I think the first what, one is. I like the first what, one. What, what, Peter, what are you, you three? You can. I like the first one better than two. And then three is definitely better than two. And. I'm I'm going in on three. I think three is one of my probably top two or three yeah. Pixar movies. But um, I'm I'm very sorry you had to see Frozen two. That that should have been a grenade that I jumped on. I would have enjoyed it. No, no. I I mean I thought it was really good. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a good review. And I liked it. And I but it's a little bit like um, when I watch a movie like that. I'm I'm um, saying how would I feel if I wasn't me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's if like I, me when I, I go to a me. film with a French actress that you wrote about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if I go to a foreign film. Yeah. That's what I do. I have to. I have to pretend like you but know I'm someone else yeah. reviewing this film. And then you say, "Oh well, somebody else would really like this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this has to be good. So, so you're uh, saying you didn't like Parasite, or you were just you I, could tell it was good, but I could tell it was good on one level. On the other level, it was just not my kind of thing. I liked the storyline to it in some ways. In some ways, I hated the storyline. Mm. Um, I said it does move, but as I said, I was like bored a lot throughout, and it's just that kind of way that movie is done. It, I just, yeah. There were times I really did kind of like it, and then there were times it was like. This is not my movie. It's, it's brilliantly crafted, but it's, it is a very like nasty and kind of yeah, I mean, unpleasant but it, it vision. Yeah, but it has that kind of like like you know, it's like a foreign movie feel, but it's not as like interesting as the French foreign movie feel. Yeah, you know, and it has more more like a mid eastern. European film, not, not counting the Israelis, who I think are very good filmmakers, but sometimes you watch the Iraq movies. There's no bias or anything. They're just, mm. just they're not. Yeah. yeah. But as, as I said, it's like, you know, and I said, it sounds the same way Snowpiercer. I was kind of let down by Snowpiercer. Snow- I like the concept a lot. Yeah, I like yeah, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I like the Oh, you like Snowpiercer? Yeah, I like it. I didn't love it, but I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. Is, is Parasite like Snowpiercer? No, it's the same director. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I don't know when you're going to be hearing this. Um, you could be hearing this, uh, you know, from another galaxy. Far, you, far away. Far, far away. You could, like Juzo, be right now 
just like an eight or nine year old person who will discover <laughs> this in ten years and then listen to and all the podcasts. And you could also be hearing all about Megyn Kelly and and uh, Roger Ailes as well. When in come 10 Christmas? Years. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, but oh yeah, well I, I'm very confused now. <laughs> I try to try to hit the ball back yeah. here, but I got no idea. But anyway, I just want to say, if you happen to be listening to this, like really soon, like like November fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, something like that, you could go over to the Roxy and see some uh, French film noirs, which are interesting. They're from the 1960s. I have to admit, uh, I didn't like these as much as the other ones. This was my least favorite mm. of of the six festivals that he's had, but it's still interesting. Um, the other, the 50s one was great, and the first two were amazing. This one's okay. This is, mm. this, there's nothing here that's bad. They're good. It's good stuff. But if you're interested in that kind of thing, I think you'll get something out of it. I watched all the movies. I got something out of it. Um, it's not the first place I'd go, but if you're into it, yes, then by all means see it. It's at the Roxy this weekend. And that's it, Lee. I'm done. You forgot about the holiday movies, which is why I was no, talking about. Did, I didn't bring that up at the beginning. No, mm. you didn't bring it up. Oh, wow! And that's why I was bringing up Bombshell oh, and Star Wars and oh, the Galaxy mm, Far Far now Away. Now I get it. Okay. Well, listen. Yes, if that's right. If you are listening to this fairly soon, also, be sure to go out and buy the Chronicle, or or buy a subscription to the Chronicle to read our pink section coverage, our holiday movies. Very big stuff this weekend. And that's it for me. I got nothing else. Leave you. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. Juzo, you have anything you want to say to the world? Nothing in particular. <laughs> Just thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. Oh, and, and I've been such a fan for so many years. Oh, it's, it's good. Really no, it's, it's good. We have all our fans, and it's just that, you know, you're the only one. So that's why <laughs> uh, that's the first time this has happened. All right. Well, that's it. So uh, for The Chronicle and for Lieber Hertz and for Juzo Greenwood, I am Mick LaSalle. Bye-bye. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks to Mick LaSalle and Lieber Hertz. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.